Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. I will never forget this one client that I worked with. Gosh, it was probably about three years ago. She came in from Canada. And when she originally called me, she said, Kim, I need a total makeover. I really hate my clothes. I've been kind of stuck in a rut for years. She was a mom, divorced, but her kids were grown. And by the time she called me, she was really ready to be out on her own and date more. The other presenting problem that she told me is that she kept attracting narcissists in her life. (laughs) So you can kind of see where this is going. Anyway, she came and did a whole intensive with me. So we started out, as I always do, going over her history and trying to understand her journey. Because as you all know by now, I do believe our past is connected to the future and the choices we make, the patterns that get created. And lo and behold, what was in her past is that her dad was really narcissistic. And she was realizing as we were talking that her ascribed role growing up was to be the peacemaker, was to make sure that there were, you know, no conflicts that were happening because it was a very hostile environment that she grew up in. And in order to keep the peace and and even find love was to be nice. And so she was, and she decided to be the nice girl throughout her entire life. Now, there was nothing wrong with her being nice, but the problem was is that she, over the years, learned to be nice and take care of others over herself, where she was attracting lopsided relationships and situations. So fast forward, she ended up marrying yet again another narcissist. And then even after the divorce, same thing. So as we were talking, another thing that I noticed is how much she was giving her power away. So even while we were talking, she would constantly agree with me. She was constantly saying, okay. And no matter what I said or did, she agreed and said, okay. And I knew at some point there were things that she was not agreeing with, even with some of the clothes that I was picking out for her. I finally turned to her and I said, you know, it's okay to say that you don't like something. And it's okay to state how you feel about certain things rather than just agreeing and saying, okay. And she just kind of stood there And her eyes filled up with tears and she looked at me and she said, oh my gosh, you're so right. You you completely called me out on something that I've been struggling with my whole life. It wasn't just about the clothes that I was picking out for her or apologizing or saying okay to these certain things. It was the way that she was going about dating. It was the way she was going about different relationships where she was always the nice girl. So today's topic is how to get over the nice syndrome, you know? So if you are finding yourself in relationships and situations where you're being taken advantage of or you're being accused of being too nice, this is what I'm talking about. It's how do you get over that? Why we play nice a lot of times is often 
you know, you're seeking approval of others. And many times it stems from like in this woman's case, from an ascribed role growing up, like maybe you had to be the peacemaker, or maybe you didn't want to make waves, or you had to calm things down in a volatile environment. And maybe it was a way to get attention and love. And this pattern of of behavior is so insidious. I mean, I think most people aren't even aware of it. It's such a natural default that they attract people in their lives where they are constantly overgiving and being too nice in order to get the attention or the approval of others. So why this is so important and and why I'm actually really passionate about this topic today is that I see this happening over and over again, not just with women, but with men too. So it's not gender specific. I think it's something that a lot of people growing up, you know, didn't realize until later on where they see and they look at their relationships in their life and they see an unevenness of some sort. Why it's really important is that if you are an over caretaker or if you're too nice, it doesn't allow for reciprocity in relationships. And if you're used to, you know, maybe doing like a passive aggressive way of sharing things and you're putting more attention onto somebody else's needs over your own, you're not allowing people to really know how you feel. So intimacy and deepening relationships also gets hard. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're probably thinking, but how is being nice a bad thing? I mean, don't men and women of the opposite sex, they don't they like nice people? And look, this is not about not liking a nice person. Of course, everybody likes nice people. And it's not about being a bitch or an a-hole. Um, it's really about setting boundaries. It's about letting people know how you feel and letting people earn you. And this is what I want to talk to you about. So getting over this nice syndrome, it is possible at any age and any stage in life. And once you recognize these harmful patterns, it's amazing the different kind of relationships you're going to attract in your life. You know, a lot of women will come to me, a lot of men come to me, and they complain about who they're attracting. And then they blame the opposite sex. You know, there's no good men. There's no good women. And, and that may be true, right? But all we can do is look at you and what you're attracting to change a pattern and to change the result. So here are some tips, all right? We'll go over. And it's really, um, I know they may sound almost trivial and simple, but I, I assure you they're really effective. And in fact, these are things that I help clients with all the time and they really get great results from it. So the first thing is kind of what I mentioned before, and that is recognizing harmful patterns of behavior. And again, it's usually tied into your upbringing. I remember um, there was this woman I was working with too, where she, when I was reviewing her history, she realized that she had to be the provider in the family because you know, her father had left early on and her mother was really just unable to emotionally take care of the kids. So this particular woman, as a child, had to be a parent to the parent. 
And so her whole life, she realized that that was her role. And then fast forward, which is why she was so great at the business that she was doing. She was a provider. She was the leader. She's the caretaker. And it served her really well in many areas of her life, especially when it came to business. But again, she was attracting lopsided relationships where the people in her life, the men in her life, and also the friendships she was attracting, they were all takers. (laughs) And then she would complain about how no one gives to her. And this is a a phenomenon that happens a lot is that there's a resentment that builds up over time. And you may think, oh, gosh, why doesn't anybody give to me? But the truth is you set that up by not sharing things and stating what you need because you're so used to taking care of other people. So the first step is just recognizing that pattern within yourself. I do this exercise and you guys can all do it too. Is I call it the old tape exercise. And what that entails is making a list of all the kind of bad messages you received growing up or things that you knew that kind of haunts you. It's almost like ghosts of the past. And write down all the messages you received. It could be about your body image. It could be about like critical things um, and the way that you do things. All the stuff that, you know, kind of haunts you. And then on the other side of the piece of paper, you put down kind of how they are not true. Because basically they are old tapes. They're things that are not valid, but yet we sometimes are ruled and we live by these mantras that were put onto us. And if you debunk your own myths, you can see that a lot of this isn't reality. So in other words, if you got growing up that, you know, you're not good enough, say a parent said that to you, And then on the other side of the column, you say, I'm good enough because, and you write down all your strengths, you debunk your own myths because you are good enough. And a lot of time caretakers or people who are too nice don't even see their own value. So I I want you to really practice and see on paper all that you are. That's the first step because once you value yourself, others will too. Second thing, set boundaries. Just say no. I mean, how many times do you hear that? Easier said than done, but I know you caretakers out there, you have a hard time saying no. You want to please. You want to do things for people. And in fact, you get pleasure out of it. So it's not necessarily a bad thing serving others, but sometimes you'll do things when you don't want to do things. And that's the time to say no. You know, how how do you build this habit where it sticks? So you got to start small. I mean, I tell people all the time throughout the day, if there's something that you don't like, practice saying no and see what that feels like. There was somebody that I had do that recently, and she was really working on, you know, just having her time because she was coming home from work. She was exhausted. A lot of times friends will text her to like go out or do something for her. I said, you know what? This week, I want you to actually say no to those people. And and then on top of it, I want you to let them know when you are available. So there's almost two steps here, right? First is saying no and what you you know, don't want to do, but then giving people options and structuring 
when it is good for you. So if a friend, say, wants you to go out to dinner with them on Wednesday, if it's not good for you, say, no, thank you. But I would love it if we could go out Friday. How does Friday work for you? Or we could just schedule another time. And that way you're not totally shooting people down. You're just giving people options that work better for you. And the more you get into practice doing it, people will also respect your time more. So that's the second thing. The third is really get into practice sharing your needs and wants, expressing your feelings. And that I know is easier said than done sometimes too. It's easier to not say anything at all, especially you caretakers or you nice people, (laughs) um, rather than to actually say how you feel. If you're cold, say you're cold. If you're tired, say you're tired. Don't make an excuse or put it on the other person in order to not do something. So what I teach in, in, in this realm is something called the I statement. And some of you might have heard the I statement before, but it basically goes like this. This is the way I teach it. You say, I feel X when X. And then the third part is really important. This is a lot of times people miss this part. I would love it in the future if X. That really teaches people what you want them to do. So. If you wanted, say, your loved one or spouse to take out the garbage, you could, and that person never takes out the garbage, you could say, I feel frustrated when you don't take out the garbage. I would love it if you could help me take out the garbage on every Thursday. And I know that's a very like simplistic example, and obviously it's not always going to come out sounding that way, but what's great about it is that no one can really go against your feelings. When you say, I feel, no one, no one can say, no, you can't feel. When you use the word you, it puts the other person in a, you know, like the defensive mode, like you make me so mad. Why don't you take out the garbage? That's a very different message than saying how you feel and how it affects you. Why that is so important is because you're actually telling people how something is, is triggering you. And that gives people a window into your your feelings, your heart, who you are as a person. No one is a mind reader. And, and caretakers, I think, sometimes assume just because they take care of other people that other people know how they feel. But they're so busy taking care of other people, they never like clue in others on what's going on with them. So no one really does. Guess what? Doing all these three steps you know, recognizing your patterns, setting boundaries, and sharing your needs and wants, you will actually be able to clean house when it comes to your friendships and your relationships. Because you're going to see, there's going to be people who won't like this, by the way. There are going to be people who won't like you this way, who actually, when you set a boundary and, and have some expectations, they'll get angry. Or, you know, they will say you're not a good friend. But then you got to look at that relationship. Is that a healthy relationship? So it's a great way to kind of shed house, if you <laughs> if you will, and see it, who is serving you and who is not. Because when you get over the nice syndrome, your life changes. You have better relationships at work. Your friendships improve and you will attract a healthier partnership. 
All right. So now is time for my favorite part where I read the letters that I get quite often. I get so many. Thank you, by the way, for submitting those. It's hard to choose sometimes. But this one definitely resonated with the topic that we're talking about today. It's from Sally. And she says, Hi, Kimberly. I always go on these dates where they only talk about themselves. I am so sick of it. And they never ask me questions. I have been in relationships like this over and over again. All these guys want to do is talk about themselves and they never want to know anything about me. I'm sick of it. What can I do to attract a different type of guy, Sally? Oh, Sally, I know how exhausting that can be. And I've actually personally experienced some of those guys that you're describing. Um, And it's easy. It's easy to fall into the idea that there are no good men out there and, you know, give up and crawl under the covers and eat a bowl of ice cream. But the truth is, is that you're attracting those guys in some way. And there's something that you're doing that's creating that dynamic. So again, you can't change these men. These men are going to continue to walk on this earth, right? As, as long as you live. All you can do is change something about you that attracts something different and you get a different result. So here are some tips. I mean, obviously the ones I just went over, Sally, if you're listening, are going to be really helpful. But there is an article actually that I wrote in the Huffington Post. You guys got to check it out because <laughs> I had fun writing it, to be honest. It's called Four Narcissist Busters from the Minute You Say Hello. Now, I'm not going to diagnose these guys and everybody that you've encountered as narcissists and all of them are like that. But there may be some traits that are similar to and actually the same rules apply. So the first thing, it's really fun, actually, because you can detect from the minute you say hello, some of these guys. One is to set boundaries, like I was talking about before. You know, treat yourself as well as you treat others. Set boundaries, declare your wants and your needs. And if you are that caretaker, Sally, be careful that you're not putting others before you. Let your date know what you like, what you dislike, and then see his reaction. Do they respect you? your desires and what you want. Do they pay attention to that kind of stuff? Second thing, look for reciprocity. You know, narcissists are really good at being charming and telling stories and sharing about what's great about them. (laughs) So when you meet your dates, observe if they're just interested in themselves or actually what you're saying and what you're doing. Is there reciprocity in the conversation or is it just one-sided? And what are you doing to reinforce this dynamic? You know, it's really, it's fun to see. um, I've seen this play out a lot when I'm coaching out in the field and I'll tell women, you know, if you're getting caught up in somebody's story or a guy talking about yourself, try sharing something about you and see if they're listening. See how they react. Do they hang on to what you're saying or do they divert the story onto them? Are, do their eyes go all over the place like they're not listening? It's a, it's a good way to detect some of these traits. And then the third thing I would say, Sally, is don't give it all away. And what I mean by that is don't give away your personal value by doing too much, too soon, too fast. I know a lot of women who are quote unquote too nice, 
they'll fall into that therapist role. (laughs) And I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. I know I did that being a therapist myself. It's so easy for me to fall into the trap of, you know, asking really good questions of people. I'm good at that because that's what I do. But I can't date like that. And I knew that after, you know, my divorce and and I got back out there, I was like, oh, my God, I'm being a therapist. <laughs> Not sexy. Um, a lot of people who are in caretaker roles, like if you're a nurse or if you do anything where you are in that profession, be mindful of that. Are, are you talking to your dates like that? Because a narcissist will really like that because you're doting on him and you're pouring all your attention. But you got to be a little bit, use some discretion and let that guy earn that part of you and share more about yourself. So Sally, you got this. And if you are like Sally, if you're hearing some things that are ringing true, then you got to try some of this too. And I, I promise you, if you even just do like one or two things that I'm telling you, you will see a difference in the interactions and the connections that you make. And you will get over being the nice girl. So hopefully that was a helpful episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And for those of you who really want to put this stuff into practice, check out my new retreat program. I will have that in the link. And it's super exciting. So I hope you join me and have a great day. 